derangers we are deranged de jour that is latin for by law for all you non-lawyers out there you lucky sons of guns or daughters of guns anyways (laughs) we are two deranged lawyers discussing our deranged obsessions with you and this is Episode two of the surprise two-part series <laughs> on the top 10 most deranged things of 2023. So I am Pisha here with my co-host. Raven. And we are going to wrap up the last five of the top 10 most deranged things of 2023. Um, go back and check the last episode if you want to know what the first five were, because off the top of my head, I don't remember. Usually you start with part one before you go to part two, but you know, yeah, it's kind of your fault, honestly, if you're listening to this before the first one. So right. just saying exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So um, let's just get on into it. We have the last five of the top 10 in no particular order. And I think I'll start it off if that's okay with you. I'm going to all right, on the Montgomery Brawl. This was, I know, right? This was one of my most favorite things of 2023 um, for a few reasons, but we'll discuss that more once I tell you about the incident. So the Montgomery Brawl is this famous fight that occurred on August 5th, 2023 at around 7 p.m. I know what time it was because the riverboat Harriet Two, carrying about 227 passengers, had returned from its 5 to 7 p.m. trip and was attempting to dock at the Riverfront Park Pier on the Alabama River in Montgomery. However, there was a moored pontoon boat that was preventing the riverboat from extending its exit ramp and letting the passengers exit. So. I know, right? (laughs) And so this guy just thought he would park at the dock, his pontoon boat, and after multiple requests from employees of the pier uh, to move the boat, he ignored every single one. And so I learned that the Harriet Two, this riverboat, sent one of the co-captains with another employee to go and move this pontoon boat out of the way so they could dock the ship. The co-captain just so happened to be a black gentleman. And when he was in the process of moving the pontoon boat, kind of by grabbing the ropes and pulling it, it's not like he was getting into the vehicle and driving it. Um, He was just trying to pull it down the pier to make room for for the riverboat. He was approached by the owner, who happened to be white, and an argument ensued. Uh, It was very heated. Yeah, I know, right? And this, um, I I think reports were that the owner uh, of the pontoon boat was intoxicated. And he had a group of 
other young white males all intoxicated with him. They swarmed this guy, um, this black employee of the, the riverboat and um, punch him in the face. And the employee begins defending himself. He loses his feet. He gets tossed to the ground. He's getting kicked and punched. And it sounds bad, and you're wondering why Pisha is this brawl your favorite thing of 2023? And the reason why was because the fight was diffused, and it was diffused mostly by blacks, uh, standers by who came to the rescue of this black employee who was getting essentially modern day lynched in the middle of the street by a bunch of white folk intoxicated white folk. Um, this was a very different outcome for unarmed black men in the South. That is then. Yeah. Like in, in the history of race relations in Alabama, when an unarmed black man is on the ground getting, uh, kicked and punched by a horde of white people, it usually doesn't end up so well for that black guy. He is usually murdered. In this case, um, the riverboat ended up docking after the fight was diffused. And the fight reignited because the passengers were so pissed off at the white pontoon boat owners and so the fight reignited and during this fight um some black man grabbed a folding chair and smashed it over the head of some white racist bitch and normally i don't advocate for violence but this was one of the most hilarious things i've ever seen in like real time ever and it like i said was a positive outcome in the ter in terms of outcomes for black people in the south they were able to stand by each other and support each other and prevent their their unnecessary unreasonable murder by white people so that's why it was my favorite thing it was so great seeing everyone rush to this guy's defense and help him and pulling away these white men from when were they going to stop? I don't know. Probably never. They wouldn't have stopped until he was dead. So right. I am so grateful for these people for standing up and doing the right thing and protecting this person, even if it meant throwing themselves into danger as well. So that's why it was one of my favorite things. And also, fuck those pontoon boat owners. Fuck them so hard. Yeah. Fuck that lady who got hit in the head with a folding chair. If you're going to be racist and punch people in the face, I saw her do it. You deserve to get hit in the head with a folding chair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Did anybody Unpopular get opinion, perhaps. Could be. Uh, so in terms of charges, there's all kinds of charges all over the place. I didn't look into them because I think there's such a huge mess about who to charge and who not to charge. They're trying to figure out who was actually aggressing and who was defending and attempting to defuse. Because arguably some people who were throwing punches were doing so in defense. 
Um, and so I know that there's been this heated debate over who should be held accountable for this, but I know for a fact that the pontoon boat owner has been charged and a few of his little, um, minions, minions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if they rise to the level of a hate crime though. I would be interested in seeing that because there's, it definitely appears as if there's a racial component. Not just because one guy so happened to be black and the horde of people beating the shit out of him happened to be white. It's just because of the location where it occurred, the long history of um, race discrimination, it's just this this was um, a big deal and a big deal for it to turn out with, without any murders un just completely unnecessary murders. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like there was some justice to some level. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll give an update at some point um, because I'm sure they're going to be charged with very specific, mostly assault is what I'm guessing. Um, you know, an aggravated assault, but I don't think anything rises to hate crime. No, I mean, yeah, probably not in that situation. It sounds like it was, um, a, a brawl between two groups of people, but, um, but anyway, I mean, I, it's interesting, you know, um, I don't practice law in Alabama, neither do you that I know of. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. But it would be interesting to to pick up those cases as uh, as defendants. So I mean, it sounds like there's some interesting defenses that may be made. Well, definitely, and I think the argument, in so far as the hate crime stuff goes, is the white people weren't just beating the crap out of a black guy; they were screaming racial slurs the whole time. Yeah. So oh, that me, I I, I that, don't know. I that that's where I'm like, hmm, it may rise to hate crime because if it were just a fight between a black gentleman and a big group of white people, then maybe that's circumstances. But when you're calling him racial slurs while you're attempting to murder him, um, by beating him to death, I just kind of feel like maybe we should look at intent and see if that drove the crime. Right. I think I mean I'm only speaking out of what I think is knowledge, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I think it's pretty hard to charge and to convict people of, of, uh, hate crimes because you don't often have that connection between the actual crime and, and what's being said. Exactly. Um, and, and I have to imagine that Alabama law is probably a little bit backwards. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, unless one of these guys wrote a manifesto that they like put out on, Mm -hmm. um, I almost called it Twitter, which by the way, everyone has been saying to me, Oh, this celebrity's on X, this celebrity's on X. And I've been sitting there going, why are we all nonchalantly accepting all these celebrities are doing ecstasy? Why <laughs> are we okay with this drug use? And so I finally that asked someone, funny. I'm like, why is everyone okay with all these people doing ecstasy? And they're like, Oh, that's what they call Twitter now. So, um, yeah, I learned uh, that. What do you call it now, though? Do, like, X, you call tweet. it X. Yeah, but what do you call, like, if you're going to X something? Like, you tweet something? What oh, do you call good it? point. It's still a tweet, Post? right? I don't That's know. Stupid. It's so dumb. It's it's really dumb. And clearly, based on my response, it was not well thought through. Because it definitely sounds like everyone is abusing narcotics. 
Yeah. Well, they probably are doing that too. And if they're <laughs> right. not, right. If they're not, they should. <laughs> they should. It might make life a little bit better right yeah, now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but anyways, the whole spiel was that unless one of these guys who was beating the crap out of this employee has some sort of manifesto that he has posted online talking about his intents to cause harm to the black community, likely not a hate crime. Probably not, but we'll, I guess we'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. I'm sure there's probably some um, charges. I just don't know if there's been any kind of trials. Probably not yet. I wouldn't. No, think. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I didn't look into it, so I don't know what the, the tra actual charges are. But anyway, that is that was very interesting. And I it was entertaining. Uh, it was I so I, I watched it over and over. And I also did the TikTok filters to find out which um, brawler in the Montgomery brawl I was. And which one were I, you? Okay, well, I did it twice. The first time, <laughs> the first Good. time I was the white lady getting hit over the head with the folding no, chair. I no. know. Second time, though, I was the black guy hitting the white lady with the folding chair over the head. So um, I, I think like I'm a mix. There. Yeah, I don't know. I must be a mix between the two, but I'm definitely not a hateful racist. So that much. Yeah. I know. Well, I I think that for me at least, I could be conceivably both of those people because I, def I definitely hit myself in the face a lot. So you know, <laughs> you just take Over it out on yourself. You're like, dang it, I saw. <laughs> I hurt oh, myself more than anyone else. <laughs> right, I'm very accident prone myself, so I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. So that's the Montgomery Montgomery bro. I said that <laughs> dumb, but we're leaving it in because yep. editing's hard, everyone. Yeah. But after that, what is our what's next on the list? The next one on the list, and this is, uh, I guess, sequentially number seven, but we're not doing this. In no order. orders. No order. So <laughs> early in 2023, around like late January the 28th, uh, there was this high altitude balloon from China as some of you may recall. Uh, and this is the story of the Chinese spy balloons. So there was a balloon that we didn't know where it was coming from. And it had been seen all over North America in the airspace, including in uh, Alaska, Western Canada. It was over Montana for a while. I think that's where it became big news is when it was over Montana. And it was eventually shot down. And this happened, I mean, this is between January 28th and February 4th. So for like almost a week, we had this balloon that we didn't know what it was and just let it go over our airspace. And then it was shot down in South Carolina uh, on February 4th. So uh, China was known to be the manufacturer of the balloons. And what they found when they took the balloons down was that it carried intelligence gathering equipment, but that, that somehow they knew this. And this is, I didn't really understand how they knew this, that that information wasn't actually going back to China. So what China said is like, we don't know anything about it. What is this? So I don't know at first. Uh, and we're like, what the fuck dudes? Like, you know about this. This is your fucking balloon. It has like, your well, name on it. It's a, it says Hencho in China. Okay. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, so China says, we don't know anything about it, first of all. Second of all, they say, oh, they're, they're weather balloons. 
and we're like, weather balloons carrying intelligence gathering equipment? I don't think so, China. No, that's not what it was. And it's not just intelligence gathering equipment. It was two railroad cars full of, like, the I should say, railroad cars worth of spy equipment that were on that was on this balloon these are huge balloons then giant balloons yeah and i i mean i've seen them kind of in perspective uh in news articles and on wikipedia pages and stuff like that uh they they were they are giant and like and actually weather balloons are really big but it was definitely not a weather balloon and (laughs) right (laughs) it's definitely spy equipment yeah so the so it's believed that China did not know about the balloon traveling off course. Like that's what ultimately was determined by us for whatever reason, who knows? I mean, the thing about foreign policy uh, and I'm a political science major. So like I kind of, I take foreign policy kind of with a grain of salt because I really don't follow it enough to know the ins and outs of what's actually going on. Uh, So I'm sure there's a whole lot that we don't know about this story. But it is kind of funny in its own right, because, you know, China's just going there like, oh, I don't know what that is. And we're like, it's definitely a spy balloon. China, what the hell? <laughs> it's so funny to me because it's it's just hokey. Like, mm-hmm. it's the silliest way to spy on someone. It's, it's like trying to spy on someone with like a tin can and a string and you're like it's just so (laughs) amateur and to think that they did it on purpose you're like you thought that would work wow and um it makes sense to me that yeah it's literally in the air it's a balloon just kind of giant one by the way holding rail cars worth of spy equipment we can just see it slowly floating across our airspace um, but now that you've mentioned that it floating off course may have been unknown to China, that kind of makes sense to me. Like maybe they had all these balloons, they were all testing them all, and they lost sight of balloon number six three thousand, and yeah. they're like, "Oh shit! Now we got to cover ourselves." America found our balloon, oh, our shoot. super secret balloon. We got to cover our butts. Yeah, exactly. Well, and yeah, and it, to say that it's a weather balloon, like, what the fuck are you checking our weather for? You don't need to know about our weather. Like, what's yeah. going on here? So We'll anyway, let you know. Watch goes. the weather channel. You'll get yeah, the information you need. Totally. Like, there's the internet now. Like, what do you need that for? <laughs> so. Your independent weather reports. Exactly. Like, no, wow. we don't trust America on their own weather, so we're going to do our own. Well, anyway. <laughs> But so the interesting thing is uh, about the Chinese spy balloons is that there were actually three other balloons that were found over Alaska, Yukon, and Lake Huron. Uh, but apparently they weren't related to China. So, and we don't know anything else about them. They're like unknown origins. So I was were just they, like, were they carrying spy equipment as well? Yeah, yeah. So they're they're also. Sp- from spy balloons. Russia. Yeah, okay, so so apparently the whole world is testing the idea of spy balloons and it's right. all going on right now and everyone's not doing a great job of corralling their balloons. No. no. Well, and and the funny thing to me too is it's like American its government already spies on its own people enough. Like all you need to do is kind of breach into the NSA and you'll be good. You're you'll fine. be fine. You don't need Yeah. You don't need anything more than that. You'll get all the information you need. So, And surely not by balloon. 
There are drones, something. There has to be something more efficient. You would think. You would think. But wow. Anyway, so yeah, so that's uh, that was the conclusion. Maybe TBD. (laughs) We don't know. We still don't know the origin of the. We don't know about those other spy balloons. So I mean, right, right. They could be. They could be from like another planet. All Ooh, this alien like stuff that. going on right now. We're going to have to you talk know, about that in a different episode. I know. And that was one of the things I thought about. I was like, we should have probably done an honorable mention with like Mexico showing this like picture of the alien. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, honorable anyway. mention as of right yep. now is all yeah. of the great UFO and alien sightings last year. Exactly. Um, yes. And they apparently are continuing into this year. We'll talk about that more probably in a different episode. Yeah, but, we should probably but, talk about aliens. Oh, yeah. I love aliens. Um, Mm -hmm. But let's move on from aliens and Chinese spy balloons to rats. Ah, rats. Oh, rats. (laughs) Big year for rats. 2023 was a big year for rats. And we'll start with New York City appointing their first ever rat czar. Is this like a, a czar that is a rat? I, mean, I wish. I'm, I'm all for inclusivity, but like I think that's going a little far. Just Honestly, if we're going to legislate them, they should have representation. So that's a good point. That is a good right. Point. They're, they're starting their own tea party. That's <laughs> like definitely not. It sounds adorable, but definitely actually. not what's going on here in New York okay. City. All right, tell me what's going on. <laughs> so in April 2023, Mayor Eric Adams appointed Kathleen Karate as the city's first ever director of rodent mitigation, or rat czar, which I prefer way more. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. Her goal is to increase research on how rodent population interacts with and correlates to urban society, i.e. natural natural fluctuations in population, the spreading of disease, stuff like that. So it's not just to mitigate the population and bring them down, but research what makes population grow. So I bet you're asking yourself, how much does the rat czar make per year? I, I definitely was. She makes $155,000 per year. Sorry. I'll cut that. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. Oh, man. I got into the wrong, wrong industry. Should have gone into rats. Should have gone into rats. Exactly. That was so, so shocking. I just almost put up, you know, my love. It was, it was shocking for me, frankly. I was like... Mm-hmm. Wait a second. So first ever rat czar gets a salary of $155,000. There's no other rat czars that I'm aware of in the country. How do they measure her her salary? But apparently they came up with $155,000 and good for her is what good I say. Her. What was her last name Good for again? her. Karate? Kar- karate. I, I'm prob- are, you, are we sure she's not related to Splinter? I'm pretty. Oh my God! You made the connection. I didn't even think about it because it's spelled C O R R A D I, and I'm pronouncing. Oh. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Karate? No, no you're karate. Not. But it sounds like karate. You're right. Yeah. So oh I'm, my I'm God! Sure there's some. She's connect. going there's- after Splinter. She is, or she's married to him. She's married to Splinter. Well, if she doesn't mitigate their rat population. I think they're going to make her take out her husband. 
Oh, oh no. Uh, but here's conflict some fun. Interest. Right, conflict of interest. But um, here's some fun facts about rats. Okay. Um, in the COVID pandemic actually led to an overall reduction in the rat population in New York City specifically, and I think in a lot of other urban areas, because restaurants were shuttering and there was less access to food for the rats. So in a weird way, all of the restaurants being shut down really helped control the rat population in places like New York City. Uh, however, since restaurants have been reopening complaints related to rodents have dramatically increased over the past two years so that's what she's dealing with right now all these restaurants opening back up and all these rodents all these rats pizza rats they're stealing pizza rats. the pizzas and they're Kinda procreating cute. like crazy i saw my first rat uh in i don't know sometime in the fall like i would never oh. seen a rat like know, in the I've wild the cities yeah i've never well yeah not in like the city i don't know <laughs> you're why. like not in a cage pisha i'm not an idiot <laughs> i think i may have had rats at some point but anyway but no yeah i would never seen them in the city before and it was like late at night one night and i just see this like shadow of like a giant rat thing and i was like oh oh they do exist okay they do right. yeah uh, it was maybe just a myth but anyway, I know, right? To scare us into cleaning our homes and stuff. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's my well, big rat story of 2023. I think yeah. you've got one too, right? I I might. Uh, we are going to go down under for this story, uh, and this is about the rat plague uh, in a small coastal town of Karumba. I believe that's how you say it. Australia. I love it. Karumba. There are Karumba. Yeah, I Karumba. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, there are hordes of rodents that are washing up and creating a stink in the community, a literal stink. So this, I guess this happens every year, but this year has been particularly bad. And I am probably going to butcher the name. It's, so there's actually, there's a carpenteria that's in California and it's spelled like this carpenteria as well. I just don't know how the Aussies would say carpenteria. Carpenteria probably or say carpenteria. it like oh, no. Carpenteria. <laughs> this is that's a very good impression. Thank you. Also, <laughs> I am so sorry for all of the Australian listeners right now. I know you've just cut off that complete market. Right? They're, I alienated all of you. I am so sorry. <laughs> but it was hilarious. It was worth it was worth it. Worth it. it. Worth it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, despite this horrid stench that's happening in this little township in uh, Australia, Carpentaria Shire Council Mayor Jack Bodden says, if the winds prevail, it's still livable there. So meaning that if, if the winds keep going, stench will be pushed out by the wind. So, yeah. So How's that going fine. for them so far? You know, not great. <laughs> so- <laughs> Uh, but there's an uptick of rats, probably, you know, I don't know if it's for the same reason as New York. It might not be because these are rats that are basically coming from the ocean. And wait, they- what? So wait, hang on. Rats don't belong in the ocean. Why oh, are they yes. coming from the ocean? How are they? Okay. What? What's happening here? <laughs> They're sea rats. Haven't you heard of these? I've not heard of sea rats. 
No, they're coming for boats. I should have said that. They're, okay. they're not. Yeah. yeah. No, that's totally fine. I was just like, and you're telling me that it happens seasonally. And I know mm-hmm. that seasonal things happen in Australia all the time, like the weird spiders and the weird, just weird seasonal shit there all the time. And I was like, maybe seasonally rats become aquatic. Yeah. 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 Rats. rats. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Okay. Oh, so they're God. coming from ships and yep. they're swimming to this town that's off the coast. And mm-hmm. like, I'm assuming they're dying and their stench is just overloading the area is that what right. i'm getting yeah and that's they're calling it a rat plague because they're producing 12 babies every three weeks oh so, my god yeah there's a lot of them so they're uh <laughs> the the funny thing i mean this is australia so it's just like the land of crazy shit going down all the time with animals right so these they describe these rats as hangry so they're they're swimming in the rivers. They're doing anything they can to get food, and they swim like little puppy dogs. Uh, and that I think that's the cutest thing that I've ever heard. So that's kind of adorable. That part, at least, yeah, it it is. Although, yeah, I don't know if I want to see rats swimming around in rivers, like a horde of them. No, yeah, probably not. Yeah. So, and the other thing about these rats is they're getting criminal. So they're gonna need some. I think I might have a new job. Actually, I didn't even think about that. I'm going down legally represent the rats. They've got a rat czar. Why not a rat attorney? Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) They are taking over. So what do you mean they're getting criminal? What are they doing? They are destroying cars. They are breaking into duck cages and stealing their eggs. So yeah they're being jerks i think i think what they mean by they're like destroying the cars is they're probably going in and like chewing the wires and things like that but they like they interviewed some people in this town and they're like yeah the rats like destroyed my my car and they don't have any legal recourse for it so that's the other side of it is you could become you know someone who's suing the rats i don't know yeah well yeah Mm -hmm. i wonder about insurance coverage as an attorney for that uh is that an act of god is that covered i'm gonna say it's not covered I don't know if Australia is the same way, but there's not a whole lot of like actual insurance in, in New Zealand, at least like not for yeah. what I can remember because the government takes care of their people. And so, you right. Don't need, yeah. But it's I don't so know. It's so weird. I don't know about so, property. I, yeah. That's not something I'm, I'm familiar with, but interesting. Anyway, I, yeah. I, I could also, it was funny by the way, when you said that they interviewed and dot, 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 my brain filled in some of the rats and so I was very disappointed when you told me it was some of the people living there talking about the rats and the rats didn't get to tell their side of the story. I know. They're just yeah. looking for some yum yums and sorry they chewed your car cord, but they're hungry. They, they come from generational trauma. You have to understand this about rats. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, we need to do some psych evals, get these guys into rehab, you know, take care of the rats. Justice for the rats. Justice for rats. <laughs> um, one of the other things that I learned in, in learning about the story was that they're stinking because they're dying, right? Like, I mean, they're, you know, repopulating frequently, but that means a lot of them die. Their lifespan is already not very great. And I don't think they have a lot of like food sources and that's why they're so hangry. But uh, people are just like sweeping the bodies off of the walkways to keep the walkways passable. That's what the mayor is doing. So he's a great mayor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then that the last part intense. of the night. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was uh, um, disgusting, pretty gross, and deranged. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, one of, I think this was a sentence that I uh, found in one of the articles was that this may seem like the apocalypse, but Australia's not worried. And why would they be? <laughs> it's kind of like that one video, the the end of the world, where they're shooting missiles at everyone, and and like, I don't think it was Australia was just like, "Oi, mate," or something like that. Yeah, it was whatever. Another shrimp on the bobby. Another shrimp. That's what it was. Another shrimp <laughs> on the bobby. There you go. <laughs> Not concerned about the yeah. end of the world over there because, no. frankly, they have more important things to be concerned about, like There's great white of... sharks and oh, yeah. um, wildfires Spiders. that kill a oh, billion yeah. kangaroos. I know. Or wait, not yeah. just kangaroos, but wildlife. That's an insane amount of animals to yeah, have die. It's it's so that was really sad. Yeah, yeah. And, and the uh, Great Barrier Reef, you know, completely right. bleaching. Yeah, I I was actually out there when I went to New Zealand and and saw it firsthand, and it was just really really sad. So anyway, very depressing. But, but maybe yeah. we can change how we do things, and you know. I don't know, yeah, make Australia less sad and apocalyptic. Yeah, I, I, I hope it's not too late. You know, um, go Gretchen, what's her last name? I, f- I totally forgot her name. Um, you know who I'm talking about? The, the little 17-year-old oh, girl yeah, from Thunberg. Germany. Greta Thunberg. That's the one. Why would I forget that last name? Thunbergs. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Huh. Anyway, so, yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Greta. <laughs> sorry. My brain wasn't functioning. It's been a day. It's a Monday. It's it's been a day for yeah. all of us, indeed. Yeah. So uh, I hear there's some other shit going down in Australia. You want to talk about that? Oh yeah. So speaking of Australian deranged things, um, I guess this would count as number nine on our top ten of deranged. But no orders here. Um, right. So. It- In July 2023, Erin Patterson, a woman from Australia, hosted a lunch at her, at, I think it was her home. I don't know whose home it is now, but at a home in a country town about 84 miles southeast of Melbourne in Victoria, Australia. She had invited to the lunch her former in-laws, Don and Gail Patterson, both 70 years old, Gail's sister, Heather Wilkinson, 66 years old, and her husband, Ian, 69 years old. She also invited her estranged husband, Simon Patterson, but he canceled and didn't go last minute, which may have saved his life because lunch was beef wellington, but it wasn't just... So lunch was beef wellington, but it was allegedly poisoned with death cap mushrooms, which are native to Victoria. Incidentally, there had been a news story done a few months earlier about how to avoid accidentally poisoning yourself with these death cap mushrooms. So incidentally, they had done a news story few months earlier about how to identify these death cap mushrooms because they grow wild in the area and people can accidentally poison themselves. However, it appears that Aaron intentionally used 
the death cap mushrooms in the beef wellington and as a result don gail and heather experienced super painful symptoms of violence some stomach cramps vomiting and diarrhea also severely damaged livers and within oh, wow. 6 to 24 hours um they were experiencing these symptoms after eating the mushrooms and then they were dead about a week later so they were in horribly painful sickness until they finally died of oh. basically dehydration oh, um when you awful. die of these things yeah because you're you're not able to keep down liquids of any kind so essentially you die from your organs shutting down in dehydration so um ian heather's husband was also violently ill but was released from the hospital about three weeks later aaron patterson was a little goofball and thought she would throw police off the trail by going up to the police investigators and saying, oh, oh, yeah, I totally got sick, too, but I'm better now. Oh, <laughs> and it was completely okay. it was it was completely unencouraged. Like mm -hmm. they hadn't come talk to her yet. She just walked up to them and was like, hey, I just want you to know I also got super sick, but yeah. I'm better now. PSA, and, never talk yeah. to cops. Yeah. So, well, never think that you were smarter than cops like you probably are but but you probably are that. but the thing is they can that. yeah they can always manipulate your words against you in one way or yeah. another and so she arose suspicion because she did this just unprovoked and as a result she was um she was charged with three murders and four attempted murders. I bet you're wow. counting the four attempted murders because Ian was the only one who appears to have lived. Mm -hmm. Well, who the else? other three were believed to have been um, poisonings of her estranged husband dating um, as early as 2021. She supposedly tried to poison him three times since 2021. So this oh my was... God going to be her fourth attempt to poison him and so they included the three previous attempts of his poisoning just instances where he had some meals specially cooked by her and he became violently ill afterwards and survived they were charging her for those attempted murders so, so three attempts on the same person yes exactly wow yeah so and they couldn't have called it an attempt on the most recent one the one in july 2023 because just because he was invited he canceled so there was an attempt the attempt never took place if that makes sense it so does. yeah so three attempts on simon's life took place previously to the july 2023 event and then the additional attempted murder was of Ian Wilkinson. So, so she knew um, about this, the mushrooms being bad. And so she was trying, she was intentionally trying. To, is that right? It, that's definitely what it looks like, especially if she has a pattern of trying to poison her husband in the past. Um, you can't mm -hmm. be such a bad cook that you kill people. Um, yeah. Frequently, frequently. <laughs> there should probably be a law against that. Probably, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. That's well, the, the insinuation is that the news report on the death cap mushrooms was shortly before 
the incident got took it. place. So they're thinking that's where she got the idea. See, it would be interesting though if she had no idea. Like the, this is <laughs> she you just know. sucks. She's just really she's terrible just... cook. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, then she I finds wish that out. And she's like, oh no, I have oh, no idea. No. <laughs> Death cap mushrooms. I thought they brought life to the meal. Yeah. I thought it was debt cap. <laughs> yeah. Or delicious cap. Yeah, there you go. Oh my god. So yeah, wow. she is she has been charged. She is a, awaiting her trial and uh sentencing, but she denies having any intent to Interesting. mass mushroom poison. Mass mushroom murder. God. Yeah, mass mushroom <laughs> murder. Oh my god, that's hard to say. Yeah, that is yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a lot easier when I started that sentence. And then right. It, yeah. It your tongue disagreed. Time. Yeah. Which it often does. So, <laughs> well, that is, that's interesting. That's quite the uh, deranged thing to happen in 2023. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so we've been talking a lot about Australia, but I think you're going to bring it back home for our top 10, our, our number 10 of our top 10. Number 10, in no particular order, right? In no exactly. particular order. <laughs> we don't want to have any favorites, so. No, you're all equally deranged. All equally fucked up. Yeah, so um, this, is, this is a story out of New Mexico. It is uh, the story about the state legislator who introduced a bill to finally outlaw necrophilia. Oh, oh, thank God. <laughs> So, Such a huge problem these days with that. I know, I know. I I don't um I don't understand how it wasn't a law before, and that's that's the seriousness of it. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, but the thing is, so in 2021, there was actually a case uh, that went up to the Supreme Court that charged someone with sexual assault, like rape, after uh, a death. And part of the problem is actually like you can't always tell because muscles kind of loosen or they kind of do they do loosen when you die and so there's a lot of times where it may be difficult to tell whether someone was raped prior to dying or after afterwards so anyway uh you know not to get too like nitty nitty gritty about it. it's it's gross it's disgusting but like the new mexico case law says that a person can be charged and convicted of rape post death so it, really? it's almost a, a law that is almost unnecessary, in my opinion. But, you know, I mean, I guess it's good to have it on the books. Maybe. I mean, it, it feels like an enhancement more than an actual crime, because you would think that the death would be the primary crime, and then the rape right. after the death would be secondary. So it would seem like a enhancement as opposed to right. any, like a separate charge. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Well, it is because like the the penalties are almost exactly the same. Like I think it it ended up being that it is a fourth degree felony, which I think this is actually already on the books to desecrate a, a dead human body, and right. a third degree felony to commit a sex act to a, a dead body, and then a second degree. Uh, for sexual penetration, which I think is the same as sexual assault in New Mexico. So um, I I guess it's just to name it. It's just to give it a name. So, you know, um, but if I was a prosecutor, I would have an issue with this because of the difficulty of proving it. You know, you might as well just put it in as sexual assault, right? Or a rape, sexual, criminal sexual penetration. 
So just a thought. But anyway. Right. Uh, so Republican Stephanie Lord of the New Mexico State Representatives is from Sandia Park, of course. And um, you got to see a picture of her. Well, I, I actually have to admit something. I did look yes. up a picture of her and my first... Uh-huh immediate thought was of course this is the person introducing a law to prevent having sex with dead bodies because she looks exactly like the type of person who would need a law preventing her from having sex with dead bodies she is a oh my she looks like something else she sure does. She sure does. Yeah. Uh, maybe she's trying to stop herself. I don't know. But I know. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's kind of yeah. like whoever smelt it, dealt it. Mm, yeah. Whoever passes the legislation on necrophilia is a necrophiliac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, God. I hope she doesn't listen to this. Anyway. <laughs> I'd be okay with it. Come at me. All right. Well, you know. <laughs> Not me, though. <laughs> I, Says I Raven. Say I didn't yeah. say it. <laughs> yeah, we're just being clear that it's Pisha saying this, not Raven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't associate myself with you other than the fact that I'm completely associated to you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, uh, so New Mexico is one of five states that did not have a law against necrophilia. And so, and then I, I told you there was that uh, case law that came out. It was actually, you know, big in the news. And so I think a lot of people latched onto it. That's why it became a thing. I don't know what the other four states were as of 2024, where we are now. But uh, one of the other things that came out about this is that during the last legislative session, uh, there was a law to outlaw bestiality because that was not on the books in New Mexico. And New Mexico is one of two states without laws uh, against bestiality, West Virginia being the other one. So there is now, there is now. But uh, it took Senate Bill 215, which was introduced by Senator Mark Moores, who's a Republican from Albuquerque, and Brenda McKenna, who is a Democrat from Corrales and Placidas. And investigators found that there was evidence of bestiality conferences and gatherings happening within the state. And so, thank God, it's no longer, you know, it's on the books now. But yeah, it wasn't until just recently, just past last year. So. You know, I was going to make a really snarky remark about how these seem to be Republicans passing common sense legislation that they seem to hate so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you mentioned that the bestiality one actually prevented people from coming from out of state into our state to practice bestiality, it made sense why we should probably all states have the same view of these sort of things you would hope so you really would i mean it's disgusting Ugh. but anyway yeah i think that wraps up my uh deranged topics wow necrophilia rats spy balloons yeah ocean gate i know the orcas the orcas. Orcas. Go orcas. Go orcas. Yeah, <laughs> no, I we've got a we've got quite the list of deranged things and a lot of um, things happened in 2023. So Yeah, thank thank you all for sticking with us for the special two-part series yes. <laughs> in light of all the crazy shit that's happened. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully 2024 is a little less deranged. We'll find out. 
Yeah. Well, started here's <laughs> here's hoping. Yeah, here's yeah. hoping. Um I have so a yeah. It's gonna get worse. But you know, that's that's me being cynical as always. So that's um, fair though. Yeah. All right. Uh well, I guess that wraps us up. So uh we will see you again next week. We have a very special announcement for next week, which I am incredibly excited for. It is my favorite thing to happen all year long. Uh, we are going to be live together, and we are going to be up in Estes Park at the famous Stanley Hotel. And we're going to be going to see my favorite band for my birthday. We're going to go see Murder by Death uh, play and go get dressed up in 1920s themes. And I am ex- excited about that part of it. But I am also super excited that we, are, we have bought ourselves an EVP. <laughs> And we're going to be doing some ghost hunting. So our next episode will be coming to you from the Stanley Hotel. And we're going to tell you some stories about the ghosts in the Stanley and the Shining. So, And hopefully we're going to get some really awesome recordings on our EVP recorder that we can play to prove to the world once and for all that ghosts are real. Yes. I, it's going to be us. We are going to be the we're ground prove breakers. It. We are. Yeah. Zach Megan, we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I can't wait for next week. I've never been to the Stanley Hotel, so I am super stoked to go on all these special tours with you. Uh, and, of course, ghost hunting is, like, one of my favorite things in the entire world. So the combination of all my favorite things and my favorite person. Aw. So much excitement. <laughs> yes. I am. I couldn't be more grateful that you're coming with me to do my favorite thing and we're getting to to talk to everybody about it so it's going to be awesome so yeah yeah. so don't uh forget to like and subscribe we are now on almost all platforms i think we're still waiting on apple to approve us which who knows but they said five to eight days so hopefully by the time you know we get to the stanley we'll have an apple podcast as well And I just wanted to point out that it would have been much easier to buy a gun than it would have been to publish a podcast on Apple. (laughs) That's exactly right. Just wanted to point that out. We could have bought guns and done some damage. (laughs) No, no, we don't need to be doing that kind of damage. (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm too afraid of guns. I'm not doing it. I know, me too. I'm like, I don't trust myself like with... No. A blender. Yeah. What makes yeah, you think right? I could handle a gun? I know. Yeah. I'm afraid of a can opener. <laughs> like there's right. so yes. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Well yeah. well, yeah, we're we're gonna be on all the major platforms, including Apple, hopefully by the time Stanley. And yeah, um hopefully. Yeah. So stay out of law school and the infirmaries. Remember to like and subscribe to Deranged DeJure on your favorite podcast platform and follow at deranged.dejure on all the major social media. Contact us by email at deranged.dejure at gmail.com. This has been a Raven Kink production.